0: Hey girl, ready for another week to shine, sparkle, and slay? Just like every week, we'll be learning how to build confidence and business skills so you can show up as the person you've always wanted to be, but didn't think was possible. Get ready to shine by breaking out of that low self-worth. Sparkle when you realize just what you're capable of and slay by holding each other up. I'm Stephanie Rodriguez, and this is the Shine, Sparkle, Slay podcast. Let's get started. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in again today for another episode of the Shine Sparkle Slay podcast. If you guys listen to the eight mini episodes that we dropped when we did our launch, then you are going to be familiar with our guest today. Her name is Carrie Severson. She is the author of the Unapologetically Enough Book and the chief executive officer of the unapologetic Voice House. As a hybrid book publishing business, she has been in the storytelling industry for nearly 25 years. And she started the Unapologetic Voice House in 2019 after spending years pitching literary agents in the hopes of being published traditionally. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to have you back. I know when we had our little mini session not too long ago, I was fascinated. I was fascinated with all the things your background, your journey, the book. Publishing, you have so much going on, and I was just fascinated. So, I could not wait to have you back. Thank so, you. thank you. Thank you for coming back yeah, on. My pleasure. Um, so, we'll dig a little bit deeper this time and go into all the fabulous work that you have been doing and things in the past. So, I'll kind of turn it over to you because I know okay. your background, uh, there's a lot to it, and no one can tell their story better than the person that. Uh, Went through it, so do you want (laughs) to kind of get us going with um, your
1: backstory and what got you where you are today? Well, I've always been in storytelling. I wanted to. um, I grew up in a small, you know, semi-small town in the Midwest, and I've been like five foot nine and curvy since I was ten years old, and no one looked like me in the media. Or um, I grew up in that supermodel era, and if you weren't like super skinny and in the same height range you were different, right? An outcast. Mm-hmm. So I, I was bullied as a kid and I had low self-esteem as a result. And I really wanted to change that for other generations. And I really wanted strong female like role models to look up to. So I thought the best way to change that would be to get into the storytelling space and change where the media spotlight landed. Um, really chase that dream. From, since the time I was like 19, I've been writing for newspapers and magazines pretty much since jumping around from one area to another. And in my early thirties, I decided to leave storytelling for a minute and go pursue that, that dream of helping girls relate better to other girls and helping women relate better to other women in a more grassroots kind of scenario. So I launched a nonprofit, a bullying solutions organization in The perfect time when bullying, girl and girl bullying was sort of in the international spotlight, really. And my little one person organization blew up overnight and uh, I took off running at a really fast pace. So I became the person that was on stage, on TV, in the newspaper articles, not writing them, but actually being written about. So that was a very different aspect for me. And having the demand that I did at the time led to burnout and a lot of head trash and physical Mm -hmm. complications. And I had to spend a lot of time, I would say like 2013, 2014, and really actually taking a step back and breathing and recovering from burnout. Um, And actually one of the ways I did that is through storytelling. So I took some space to Do you know deeper dives in my journal to write personal essays and put them out on big platforms?
0: Can ask when you talk about burnout, what was the burnout for you?
1: Well, so for me, burnout was like the never ending cycle of how do I do this? When is it going to break? When is the miracle going to happen? When Mm. are the funds going to come to support the thing so that I can? live like I used to. So when I launched a nonprofit, I took my 401k and I I put it and I backed it myself and I launched it. And then because the demand happened literally overnight due to the fact that bullying was just it was like a melt, it was just a gigantic melting pot. Everyone was trying to figure out how to fix it. I had an after program they saw it as a solution, which it was, but we were working directly with schools and schools did not want to pay for it. So I'd have to go out and find resources to bring it to the schools and uh, nonprofits have a really hard time, you know, making money because you have to compare yourself to other organizations Mm -hmm. that are making millions. So from the get-go, my little one person organization was put in the same category as huge hospitals that were saving babies and international organizations that were you know already proven. and it was a consistent cycle of you're not enough, you can't win, you know. Makes so it, w- it was a psychological deficit, which then moved into a physical one, which then impacted me financially and then emotionally. And so at the end of it, when I really sort of caved and surrendered to like, I can't do this anymore. I was overly stressed, underpaid, questioning what I was doing, and deeply, you know, depressed.
0: Mm -hmm. I can definitely see how
1: all that would lead to that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Working my way out of that, one of the things I did was actually go back to writing. So unapologetically enough, the book that I just launched is really the story of pulling myself through that changing my life accepting my own enoughness at a time when as a nonprofit leader as a woman running my own business i was consistently told it wasn't enough and that became something that i accepted so learning how to flip that so actually one of the ways that i did that um going back to my roots of storytelling i started writing for the huffington post and that was a great that was a great opportunity for me back in like 2014 2015, maybe I started writing about burnout back when Ariana Huffington was talking about burnout before burnout became like the cool thing to talk about or experience. It was like right. at the forefront and intuition has always played a really strong role in my life. Whenever I feel super inspired, super guided, I sort of have to take action. And when I take even the slightest small step, something clicks into place for me pretty quickly when it's supposed to be out into the world. And so I happened to find myself at a, at a party out in California and met a woman that was working for the Huffington post at the time. And she's like, so what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm actually, I'm a entrepreneur, but right now I'm burned out. And so I'm, I'm thinking of writing again and I'm trying to find a place to write. And she's like, oh my God, Ariane Huffington is a burnout. I, you should write about this. I'll totally publish it. And it happened just like that. Wow. Yeah. So I started writing about entrepreneurship, started writing about burnout, started getting feedback from people around the world, really, and started to see that this was something to discuss, to bring to the table. And I put a book together. I actually wrote a manuscript. It was called, it was not called Unapologetically Enough when I first wrote it, but that's what I was gonna ask. Is that the book that you're talking about? It yes, but it was not called that. Um, Gotcha. So I started pitching agents back in 2014 while I was running a a nonprofit and agents, I mean, I, I did, I did all the things you're supposed to do. I went to the conferences, I went to workshops that agents led. I had like feedback on my query letter. I had feedback on my proposal. I watched the marketplace. I did all those things. And I pitched about a hundred agents over 2014 to 2017. And they were all, you know, The ones that responded responded very positively, but they all passed. The positively though was like, "This is amazing! It kills me to pass this up. I'm so sorry. I wish you had more followers." I was always compared, again, compared to something, somebody that was much bigger. So, as like a debut memoir, my book was compared to Daring Greatly back then. It was compared to Eat, Pray, Love, and I was always Passed because I didn't have their following size. So unfortunate. That that's the process. I went through, I think, 80, close to 100 agents. I went through probably 44 different rejection letters. And finally, one day I woke up and I felt this like download on my spirit. It was like, you should just do this, just go be the house. And I love it. I did after a while. I Really resisted that because launching another business Mm -hmm. where I'm like, I have to become a publishing house. I have to launch a publishing house. This is nuts. Who wants to to put that together? Because there's so many moving pieces. It's editors, designers, distributors. It's not just like you can come to me and I'm just going to help you put something up on Amazon. If you want to make a really big impact and you want your book to be able to be recognized in other areas and given it its best legs finding as many possible distribution avenues is important. If you go directly through like a KDP program, you are a competitor of every bookstore. You're a competitor of every museum. You're the competitor of every specialty store. Mm -hmm. If you went through something other, you know, a third party or um, a hybrid house or something, there's additional opportunities for collaboration, for partnership. And so putting all that together was... Hard, but I did that. Sure. And when did you start that? I started it in 20. Uh, I started putting everything together in 2018 and I finally accepted our first client in 2019. So
0: you did it quickly. Yeah. uh, Yeah, that's very fast turnaround because I know there's a lot that's involved in that. So that's a really fast turnaround.
1: And what was really fascinating is I created the unapologetic voice house, and that's what the house is called. And the, the word unapologetic was very important to me because I was turning 40. I was still single. I was tired of having to prove myself or having to explain myself about my journey and why I wasn't married with kids yet. And why am I, you know, still trying to chase this dream, even though people were like, just, it's not going to happen. Just go self-publish. So the term unapologetic meant a lot to me and the unapologetic voice house came first. I, Came to me because of this book that I couldn't get out in the world at the time, but the house came first, the foundation.
0: Okay.
1: And I've published, I don't know, 30 other books of other people's work. Um, wow, always, that's what I
0: was wanting to ask. How many others have you published? 30? That's amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm very inspired by female stories, obviously. And my mission has always been to elevate the female story, to elevate females' voices, to help women connect, um, to share their stories. So that other women can be inspired by their, their journey and storytelling is a beautiful way to do that. So absolutely.
0: Yeah. such uh, a
1: great thing. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the end of 2020, I started to feel this book I wrote so <laughs> many years ago, call me again. And again, when I feel that nudge, that inspired action, things just start to come together for me. Uh, so I found an editor. I love and adore and COVID hit pretty quickly Mm -hmm. after that, but we started to work together to put this book out to the marketplace and it took, it took a long time, but unapologetically enough launched May 24th. It's doing really well. Women are calling it like a mental health must have. They're saying that it's speaking to their soul. And, um, I've big dreams for this that is so amazing. Creation. I am
0: definitely gonna have to get my hands on this. I too am like you. I love to hear stories of other women. I just think it's so empowering yeah. um, to hear what uh, everyone has a story, I think. And I think when you share it, you have the ability to impact so many others. So I cannot wait to read this. Thank and kudos you. to you for everything you have going on. Like you should be super proud of yourself. It's not easy. <laughs> As an entrepreneur, I know it is not easy.
1: I know. Yesterday someone was like, um, entrepreneurs when we're, we say like, well, I built this from scratch and I don't know how else to do it. You know, I've done, I've never been in a big corporation, but I have worked for large companies before. And I've been an entrepreneur since 2011. And I couldn't imagine, I don't think I would be able to fit into a company again after learning what I've learned and moving through what I've moved through. And, mm-hmm. um, we do. We build from scratch. We figure it out. We pivot and we shift and we listen to the marketplace and watch demands. And for me, intuition has always played a really big role in my business. Yep. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that I get to dream up something, create it, implement it and watch it unfold. Yes. I'm. I'm so with you. I, I told you earlier on, I
0: think are many, I love to read. And with you being in the industry that you're in, I have to ask the question, your favorite book. If you had one book that made the most difference in your life or your career path, do you have one book that speaks to you?
1: Yes. Um, And let me, I want to check, make sure I'm getting it right. I want to, yes. The soul of money. Have you ever read that? No, but I'm
0: writing it down.
1: Yes. The soul of money, transforming your relationship with money and life written by Lynn twist. I found this maybe, I don't know, um, because I was writing a nonprofit or running a nonprofit. I probably found it in 2012 and it really did change the way I looked at money in my life because nonprofits have to, we're really like fighting each other for the same dollar all the time. It became a very toxic mindset and I had to heal a lot of things from that experience before I moved out of the nonprofit into the for-profit sector. I just didn't want to like flip a switch and be like, you know, this is happening. And that book created uh, such an impact in, in my in my cellular level that, you know, I would see her online, I would follow her on Super Soul Sunday or send out her book to random people. I literally like, Hey, you should read this. You should read this. I did that (laughs) for a long time. Yeah. That's a great one. I love to ask
0: people's favorite books. I love to read.
1: Okay. So you talked
0: about bullying and Mm that one, that one is near and dear to my heart. So, because I just know that it's so prevalent and now with social media, like I always tell my children, I can't imagine being a kid in today's world. Right. With just everyone has such easy access to everything and all the negative comments and it's, it's just really sad like bullying just breaks my heart are you still doing anything in that regard with bullying I know you had had um,
1: the groups and stuff. So I ran, uh, Seifers and sisters was the nonprofit I created. I launched it in 2011. I folded it in 2018. Mm-hmm. We created an afterschool program and turned our after-school program into a series of curriculum, which is still being published and women still do buy it and run it as after-school programs. And I just don't have anything to do with it anymore, but I do hear of women talking about their super girl programs. Cause that's what the program was called. Supergirls.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Very yeah. cool. And so, yeah, it's still being used today. So that
1: that's yeah. so cool.
0: And you're publishing a business. So are you taking new clients for that? How's that going?
1: Yeah. So um, last year I published 18 books of other people's work and that was a little bit too much for me. That was probably, I'd say eight books too many. It was a full year and our growth was crazy. We had like a 50% growth last year alone. Um, so this year, my book is the sixth book that we've published already. And I believe we have two more to go and that's all I'm publishing this year. Books mm-hmm. take about eight months to move out into the marketplace. So we are accepting new titles, just knowing that it'll be for launch of 2023. Gotcha. And I had asked the question,
0: um, the Shine Sparkle Slate brand, we're all about women empowerment. And I talked to a lot of different ladies and there's been quite a few that have talked to me about wanting to write a book. I've even said I have a yeah. couple of books in me, a couple of books in me myself, but knowing that some in our audience have talked about writing books and they just don't know how to get started. And I'm not the expert in that. So that's why I wanted <laughs> to ask the question yeah. while I had you on. So if anyone wanted to get in touch with you, of yeah. course, we'll have links and everything, but I think it's really cool what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Well, one of the things that I love helping women write nonfiction books—that's my sweet spot. That's my um, secret sauce. I'm really good at that. I'm um, a vulnerable writer. I'm a transparent writer. Um, I don't know how to do it any other way. So if you're writing a nonfiction book, I'm more than happy to help you. Fiction is like a blue elephant for me. I don't know how to do it, so I don't pretend to. But I know a lot of. I know a lot of. Um, we have editors, obviously, that help there. I do still like to help women create their story. But, and I think what I'm really good at in that space is so oftentimes when we're like, we want to write a book, we look at everything we've ever been through. And we think every single thing we've ever been to has to go into the same book. And mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the case. Typically, like people are already asking me when book two, what are you doing for book two? And I'm like, I, <laughs> I just, it took me eight years to get book one out. Give me a second to like <laughs> right. figure out where this next piece starts. <laughs> But um, I can't stress this enough. If you're writing a nonfiction book, again, that's my specialty, so that's, that's where I go. I would highly recommend you starting with an outline first and figuring out everything you want to write. It's kind of like a kitchen sink philosophy. Just throw it all down on paper. And it doesn't take long to sort of weed out the stuff that doesn't connect. And once you see everything you want to put it into your book on paper, the stuff that sticks out for like book two or book three will... Show itself pretty easily.
0: Mm-hmm. That it. Makes really, sense.
1: it really only is like two themes throughout one book. So my book is reshaping success and self love. The first part of my book is all about burnout, recovering from burnout. Part of my burnout recovery was giving myself the space to date again because my identity became my career, and I didn't have any space for a personal life. So I started dating again, and in that process. Ended up going out with a dude I called Jay. And Jay told me I was too old to get married and have babies. And that led me down a rabbit hole where I decided to look into the fertility preservation space. Um, And I did. I went through two rounds of IVF, both of them failed Mm -hmm. and got very sick as a result and had to learn how to love myself, Mm -hmm. heal my body. And reject other people's opinions of who I am and what I'm supposed to be. And so there's, there's two (laughs) themes in my book and whether you're coming in as an entrepreneur, you're coming in as a woman who's had a miscarriage or failed IVF, successful IVF, um, mom, no kids, whatever. You're able to really identify with this concept of enoughness. Mm, I love it.
0: I have to ask. So IVF, I know it's a rough process as it is. And then you had two failed attempts and you mentioned, you know, having to love yourself again. Yeah. What would you say was the thing I'm sure it's multiple things, but how did you get there? How did you get back to that self-love?
1: So one of the exercises um, I cried a lot actually, but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we try to pretend like we have it all together and we're tough enough and we can take this, but I got so sick after the fertility drugs, I ended up getting like eight bacteria infections, mold poisoning, two cases of the flu, candida. Oh I was like, I ended up bedridden actually. Wow. So um, I say in my book that there at one point, the only thing that really moved easily were my eyeballs. Oh man. <laughs> and so I learned how to love myself by taking naps, by lying down, by covering mm-hmm. up and picturing like beautiful energy coming down from higher power into my body and loving and kissing every cell, every cell I had in my body. And I just did that. Um, I would do that sometimes three, four times a day, just literally lying down closing my eyes and picturing this beautiful light coming into my body, um, holding me. And the feeling that I would get from that was like a loving embrace. I was giving to myself by myself. Nobody, you know, Mm -hmm. no one was there. I love um, it. and it was a feeling for me first, and then it sort of, ex, you know, moved out into like affirmations and journal entries and confidence and other, it started, started expressing itself outward, but it really was an internal thing as simple as mm-hmm. lying down and picturing light coming down through my I body. Love it.
0: It, it's, it's such a process. It's just not something that happens overnight. And usually there's multiple things that are needed. And it means it self-love, self-care, all that is so different for every person Everybody. Mm-hmm. The I one, the one this morning and they were really into meditation and they loved oh, it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Um, some people are like, Oh, I don't want
1: to do that, but it
0: just, and there's no right or wrong. It's just whatever you're whatever into. Works.
1: Yes. I love it. The thing that I realized in that process was particularly after the IVF stuff was all the things I did, to love myself prior to that experience were acts of self-care and those acts pampering myself, giving myself a treat, doing something I thought I deserved were all an attempt to move me into a state of being. And the being was my self-love. And so if I could eliminate or compress the act into already a state of being that, and not spend the money, that was what I really aspired to, and so yes. in the back of this book, I actually do list a lot of exercises I did in that time of my life that I think are really helpful for women.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So another reason to check out her book, guys, I cannot wait to see. I'm all into self-love, self-care. I know it's different for everyone and I can't wait to to get this and to see what it is that Thank helped you. you get through everything. All right, guys. So. I hope you enjoyed this episode today with Carrie. I know I certainly did. She is a rock star. Check out her book. I know I'm going to, um, if you're interested in writing your own book and you just have no idea where to get started, she is the person to go to. She is the expert. You you heard the number. She's done it a lot. So Mm -hmm. she's the woman for the job. Um, I will let you inform the
1: listeners where they can find you. Sure. Yeah. Come on over unapologetically enough.com is the best way to get a hold of me. And if you're checking out Instagram, I'm just at Carrie underscore Severson. Um, I'm on Facebook too, Carrie Severson. So I'm around time around
0: <laughs> awesome good deal so if you guys are out and about and you didn't get a chance to jot down any of the notes or links no raise on that we have all that provided for every episode in the show notes section we make sure to list all that out so if you're out walking in the neighborhood driving in the car you don't have pen we got you covered girl you're all good And if no one has told you today, let me remind you that you are beautiful. You are worthy and girl. Yes, you can. Let's do this thing together, sis. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to shine with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by subscribing to our show and sparkle us by submitting a rating and review. And if you're ready to slay girlfriend, stop over to our website, shinesparkleslay.com. We have a free gift waiting there just for you.